Welcome to the Storyform podcast. Storyformed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. Hello, and welcome to the Storyform podcast. I'm Holly Packiam. And for those of you who've been listening for a while know that most weeks I'm joined by my lovely friend Jamie, but sadly she is not here with us today. But fortunately, I do have the pleasure of having my 12-year-old daughter here with me, Sophia, to talk about books. Hi. Uh, For those of you who have subscribed or thinking about subscribing to the Cultivating Life with Sally membership that we've been promoting on the website and on Instagram and various places here at Storyformed, um, you might have seen me post about a podcast that I recorded with Sophia and her sister Nora um, that we'll be promoting on the membership in September, and we recorded a podcast about strengthening mental muscles, and I interviewed them about writing their first novels this summer. So if you'd like to hear from Sophia about that, you can hear from her just, just through the membership. It won't be on our StoryFormed website. But I asked Sophia to come on here today to talk with me about good books, and particularly books kind of in the nine, that we'd recommend in the nine to 12-year-old range, so chapter books. So for those of you who have kids in that age or thinking ahead about that, this podcast is definitely for you. Um, But first, before we jump to some of those recommendations, I wanted to talk about just a little bit about what is our criteria for recommending these books? How do we decide what is even a good book to put on a list like this? And as Sophie and I were talking, there's so many possibilities and mm-hmm. just not enough time yeah. <laughs> to talk about all of yes. them. But before we get into them, um, just a few things that, that we're thinking about and things we're not thinking about. We'll just share a few of those. But one of them is that the books that Sophia is going to talk about aren't necessarily just ones that are her personal preference, although, of course, her personality and things that she loves, you know, plays into that. But we're thinking through what are the books that lead us to think about the Lord and think about good things and beautiful things and true things. And so some of the things that we're thinking about are um, criteria like, is it does it have an intriguing storyline? Is it well, does it have a well, well-written narrative? with complex characters who come alive in the story. And so hopefully all the books that we're recommending have that. And um, also books that stimulate our imagination, that make our, our minds come alive, and really connect to the heart of both children and adults. So all these books, you know, I would recommend and I, you know, I, I guess I'm not sure if I've read every single one. Most of them I have. Some of them I'm going to take Sophia's recommendations for, which I'm starting to do more and more as we go along yeah. because I can't keep up with her reading. Um, and then lastly, just thinking about characters in these books that they're worth imitating. And of course, there's going to be, you know, probably contrasting characters in the book that also are not worth um, emulating. And Sophia will talk about that too. But sometimes we have to be able to see... Um, we have to kind of see the, the evil character or the character who's not making good choices in order to contrast that in a story to the character who really who is making good choices. And so as a child reading, they can kind of they can see the good by by the evil being present in the story as well. Um, and we 
We recommend books that explore the tensions and the complexities that lie in the human heart. And so that kind of is like what I was just saying that um, with the stories don't just only have positive uh, characters and that there there is that tension between good and evil and that that's present in all of our hearts. And so so you're going to see that. But in, in these storylines, uh, the characters are going on a path and there's people that encourage them along the way or things that encourage them to, to make the right choices. And that hopefully leads our kids to connect to that storyline in some way and to think about okay, like this particular character in this book, um, I can make I can make a choice like that because this character did. So without further ado, um, we'll, we'll get into some of our some of our thoughts here. So most of these are going to be yeah, pick, um, chapter books, as I said, in the 9 to 12 category. And Sophia will give a little thought about some of them. You know, if there's a little bit more mature, she might say, well, I'd recommend this for a little bit of an older mm-hmm. reader or maybe for a little bit younger for various reasons. So, um, Sophia, what if, I don't know if this is possible, but could you possibly pick favorite we kind of came up with a list here but could you pick a favorite or something that is on the top of your list and I know you don't always like these kind of questions it's so hard (laughs) many favorites so what what's a favorite Hmm. maybe just maybe out of a few what would be one on the top of your list I think kind of in the 10 to 11 age group I really enjoyed um the incorrigible children by Mary Rosewood Mm -hmm. those are a really a really fun read um, about like problem solving and um, the main character. Whenever a problem comes up, she doesn't just complain about it, but she will try to find a way to solve it. And it was just a book I really enjoyed. Were there any particular yeah. other particular characters that you were drawn to for any reason? I really liked the main character, Penelope. Um, she just has a really fun personality and has a lot of good motives for the things she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like she's a lot like me in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, was she making particular choices that that you could admire or trying to instill something in the people she was around? She was trying to teach three children as mm-hmm. their governess, but they're not ordinary children. So kind of the trials of that and then trying to figure out the right balance of um, teaching them what they should know um, based off of the normal school standard and then teaching them what she thinks is beautiful and good because it's not what everyone else was thinking at the time. And I just really liked that, that she didn't let what everyone else was doing impact her own decisions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a good example of just the kind of lives that we're trying to live as Christians and, you know, we're trying to be in the world, but, but not of it and trying to seek God for our family and for our lives of what he's called us to. And that may not be what everybody else is doing around us. So I can see yeah. how you would, yeah. how you could connect to that. Um, okay. What, what else comes to mind at the top of your list? I also loved the Green Ember series. Mm-hmm, it's which, in progress still. Um, oh, that's right. As There's is the Incorrigible Children, too. Um, that's right. So that's kind of been a little bit, oh, when's the next one going to mm-hmm. come out? And then, 
but so far, the first two in the series have been amazing. Um, it's about like a journey to uh, a journey to restore, and they're living. Um, the time they're living in is just very broken, and there's kind of a war going on, and um, they've had some other family members do terrible things in the past, so kind of trying to restore um, not only their family legacy, but also um, the world, in a sense, and also finding out what is their part to play in this story, like our personal journey of life and mm -hmm. in God's story. What is our part to play in this um, journey to restore the brokenness in the world? Mm -hmm. How do you, in light of that, how do you think, how could that help kids reading at your age? Or how do you think they would connect to that personally, potentially? I think the book is a great parallel. And a lot of times for younger kids, even if you try to get across this Bible message, they don't always quite understand like oh wow as someone older could mm -hmm. um and appreciate it as much um and so through story and especially through this book it's a great way to help them see especially if something bad has happened in the family like there, there is brokenness in the world but how can we um be carriers of god's light and help that um help to restore that. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So you as a person and for our kids and adults listening, how can we, with our gifts and our personality, how can God show us how we can be carriers of his light and restoration? Like you said mm -hmm. to this world, even now we know that Jesus is King right now, but uh, he's called us to have a part in that. Right. So mm -hmm. we can and yeah. see how you how you would connect that in mm -hmm. your own life. And that's just amazing that S.D. Smith is writing this series and able to encourage us and through story and yeah. in our own lives in that way. So I'm yeah, I'm really excited for him to come out with the next book. And we're not sure when that's gonna be yet, but nope. um, we are huge <laughs> fans of S.D. Smith and the Green mm -hmm. Ember series here at Story Forum. Jamie has written um, a review about it. We've done a giveaway. So if you want to find out more specifically about his his series, you can look on our Storyform blog on storyform.com and read Jamie's review on that um, to hear more specifically about the details of the book. So. Well, Sophia, I know you are a huge fan, and as is our family, of the Chronicles of Narnia series by C.S. Lewis. So there's so many that we could talk about in that series, but I did ask Sophia, okay, Sophia, if you could hone in on one that is a favorite, what would you say? In my list of favorite Narnia ones, <laughs> um, one of the top would be Prince Caspian. I, time and time again, find myself thinking about this story. I love this story. Um, I just love the, the message of this one, kind of, of Prince Caspian. He is trying to reverse the evil that his people have committed. And so he's kind of associated with, oh, the Telmarines, they're not good people. Look what they've done to us. Mm -hmm. And then him trying to be like, okay, yeah, that's what my people did, but that's not what I want to do. And mm -hmm. that kind of relating, um, related in other books I've read too, to personal life where maybe other family members in the past have done something or... Mm -hmm. Uh, something has happened and they're like, oh yeah, I know you, but you wanting to be, 
I, I'm my own person and that is not, I don't want to be tied to that anymore. This is who I really am. These are my motives. I'm trying to reverse that and what that journey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it makes me even think about us as Christians that, um, whether it's our by like our biological family or the family Mm -hmm. we're raised in, like you're saying, or just even, um, the community of faith that we are a part of as Christians, sometimes we don't, we don't always make the best choices and neither do our Christian friends. Right. And sometimes we don't want to be associated with those people, but nonetheless, we, we are part of them. But here again, we can, we can, with the, with the spirits leading, we can change, we can bring change, we can bring hope and truth. And can you think of something specific in the story that where he, where he really is trying to reverse something or bring a specific, um, truth or bring hope in a specific way to the people? He's trying to help the Narnians get back their land. They have been forced by his people, the Telmarines, to uh, go into hiding. And they everyone thinks they're extinct. And then he discovers they're not extinct. And just trying to give them back what is theirs, give them a free place to do what they want to do, to um, have a place where they can live at peace and at ease. And he's really trying to restore that, that peace. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. we can't speak highly enough of the series, and it's yeah. one that we've read the majority of the books at least a couple of times to our kids when they were, I mean, so I don't even know, do you even remember the first reading when you were about four, Sophia, <sighs> maybe just a little, or? Maybe. <laughs> so we yeah. sowed the seeds of, of the of this series of some of the books mm-hmm. when the girls were really little. I remember sitting outside in, in a tent outside of we tend to have done quite a bit oh, of yeah, yard yeah, of yard yes. camping uh-huh. and we set up a tent in our backyard and my husband started reading. I think it, this might have been um, not Prince Caspian, but oh, which Dumb? one? No, uh, no, <sighs> no. Um, no. Anyway, doesn't matter. But one of them, um, <laughs> one, of them. Uh, one of them for the first time. And so we're just planting the seeds. We knew they wouldn't really fully remember. But then when you read it again, you know they start connecting the dots more. And at this phase now, Sophia being twelve, going on thirteen, she's you know reading the whole series herself and yeah. able to pro- start processing it, talking with us about it, and and this has just been such a fun season for me to enter in as a parent and for my husband and I to talk with Sophia and her sister Nora is 10. It's, it's been a wonderful thing to be able to start processing some of these stories and to talk about the truths and talk about the choices, whether, you know, good or bad that people have made and what can we learn from them and how can we grow with them. And so those of you who have little ones, I'm thinking about you too and how, you know, you might be sitting there with your two-year-old thinking, oh, these conversations seem so far away. But they will come, be encouraged, keep reading, keep planting, planting those seeds, and eventually they'll be old enough to start talking with you and conversing with you. And now I get to sit here and do a podcast with Sophia. <laughs> so fun. So anyway, okay, we'll move on. Um, Let's see, Sophia, let's talk about the Wing Feather Saga. I know this is on on, on the top of your list, yes. too. So what – and this is by Andrew Peterson. There's a whole saga, and what would you want to um, – whole series. What would you want to tell yeah. us about the Wing Feather series? It's an amazing series. Um, it just touches on so many different aspects of life, 
but in a very fantasy way. Mm-hmm. And I like fantasy books. I read them so fast. They were so good. Um, and <laughs> she did. She bury herself and hide away from all of us. We have to drag her out. <laughs> um, but as a lot of the books are on this list, um, there's a lot of family sacrifice for one another. Um, there are a couple points in the story where certain things happen to members of the family that really has a huge impact on the rest of the family. Having to realize, okay, they are no longer able to do what they used to do. Um, the whole family now has to accommodate for that. And, um, you don't find out about a lot of important details until later on in the book. And so you're kind of like questioning, um, and then they're questioning because they don't know to the middle of the book as well. Um, and so there's, um, there's a lot of suspense and in times of hardship and fear, just those, um, stories where families have to come together and really tighten up as one and have each other's backs. Mm-hmm. What was, so I know that you've read, have you read all of them more, more than once or just Mm-mm. once so just far? Once. Okay. Yeah. Is, would so you, far. <laughs> yes, yes. And this is one that we're going to be starting to read to our younger kids yet, but would you have any caught, would you, what, or what age would you say within the nine to 12 range, would you say that a nine-year-old would be ready for this whole series or would you wait a little bit longer? I think so. Unless you had, um, a nine-year-old who's, um, more tentative, more easily scared. Mm -hmm. It's not super scary, but at times just, there's a lot of really weird creatures in the book. Mm -hmm. And so so that's something that they're tentative to, um, or a little not, um, are the image, are the images detailed enough that could be scary. Is that what you mean? I or think they could if, if your you child is sensitive it. and okay. they tend to visualize stuff. If it, um, but I think if your child's not super, doesn't get nervous easily from those mm-hmm. types of things, mm-hmm. then it should be fine. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Well, we highly recommend this series. Um, and then there's another series that you've talked about that is um, from a British author that dad has recommended and what's mm-hmm. that one called so there's two she has mm-hmm. written um Enid Blyton has lit has written <laughs> um a few different mystery series for different ages and so I've only read two of the series one is famous five and the other is secret seven so they're all mystery kind of secret society stories about mm-hmm. um kids ages about this age group actually nine to twelve um and they were just really captivating and I personally love mysteries um uh it's a lot of friendship and sticking up for each other and they're really fearless which really inspired me because I'm not the most risk-taking person and so (laughs) I but I really like reading mysteries because I feel like I'm there and I'm doing it and they're fun if you want to try to solve it before they do just something I ended up trying as um I got older um with these I started trying to solve the mysteries before they did and then I moved on to another mystery series mm-hmm. Nancy Drew on. <laughs> so this is the next one on our list um by Carolyn Keene and sometimes it's good to read books it's really great to read books with deep messages um that are that you relate to a lot. 
Um, but this one was just more of a fun read, something lighter, easier to read, uh, something for my pure enjoyment. And mm-hmm. I I really like mysteries, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these, so they, Nancy drew their other original ones by Carol yes. and Keen, and then they've written quite a few variations mm-hmm. of them, not by the same author. Mm-hmm. Um, they've written ones like Nancy Drew Diaries and Nancy Drew and the Clue Crew, which are great for a younger audience. I started reading Nancy Drew and the Clue Crew when I was about eight, nine, and then um, I took a break because there wasn't anything in between. Now there are the Nancy Drew Diaries, which are kind of a 10, 11, mm-hmm. and then more 12 is the normal original Nancy Drews. I got scared slightly because sometimes there's like... Um, you, they would uh, get mugged, mm-hmm. um, which can you might not want your child to be reading about that when they're younger. When you were younger, yeah, you tried like, to read I tried the original. To read I when tried you were when I was like nine, and, and I you decided. Was, I just decided I to wasn't wait. quite ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then now I'm reading the originals. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah, it's um, in our family, and and I, I always try to push towards the deeper themes, as Sophia knows, like, <laughs> to, to help her think through some of those yeah. things, but as she said, it's fun, it's nice to have just something fun, and in some ways lighter, not, yeah. you know, and just a fun mystery to solve, so those have been great to, to have in between some of the other, other titles that we're talking about. Well, another series that I'm finding a lot of these actually are series as we're talking about them, aren't they? Most of them are. Yeah. I like one and then I like the other. Yeah. And as you yeah. said, too, once you find a good author, often then, you know, you might, it's, it's fairly likely that you're going to enjoy, you know, several of the other books that they've written, mm-hmm. too. So, um, so this next series is called The Penderwicks um, by Jeannie Birdsall. And, um... Why don't you tell us a little bit about that one? I think you mentioned another book that kind of reminded you, or that you yeah. read before that one, maybe, that reminded I, you I did. of it. So I started out with reading a series, All of a Kind of Family. Oh, that's right. By Sydney Taylor. Um, and this is about, like, sticking together as a family, and it's about five girls, and then later on, um, there's a baby brother. Um, and it's set in the... New York City. Yeah, New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, little... Um, it's just really fun to read something about a family and just normal life because there's those books that aren't just daily life, but this mm-hmm. one was one of those, kind of like... And they're a Jewish family. They are a Jewish family, mm-hmm. so that was also um, really cool to read about. Do you remember anything that... Did anything stick out to you about the culture or their Jewish... I know they... I remember some stories about... A feast, a celebration of a feast. There were or... there were certain celebrations that I had been previously unaware of, mm-hmm. and then reading this, I realized certain different things that um, Jewish families celebrated, uh, which was a neat learning experience. And then the book Mom just mentioned, The Penderwicks. I think that is almost like a modern version of All of a Kind Family. Um, it's about four girls. And it's kind of the same struggle, except that um, their mother died. And so kind of the oldest child's feeling kind of dependent on and kind of taking care of the family. And they, it'll, um, every book is about a different summer. And so a different mm-hmm. vacation they took and what happened during that, any incidents, um, any times when their dad wasn't there and it was just the oldest sister and the siblings. Mm-hmm. Um does it kind of address those, 
or can't you kind of see those sibling dynamics yeah how they have to figure out mm-hmm. different problems amongst themselves uh-huh. and a siblings. lot of and a lot of the stuff about the oldest child kind of taking care of your younger siblings mm-hmm. um I've found you really, cannot relate to that at all. I'm no, sure. not at all. <laughs> I can totally relate to a lot of um, that because sometimes you'll talk about feeling this weight of responsibility for everything that happens. And um, mm-hmm. I sometimes feel like that. Um, I have some other firstborn friends who sometimes have talked about mm-hmm. feeling that same way. And I just really liked it because um, it was very similar to my family life. Right. So. Yeah, Sophia and I have talked about this, how um, we're, you know, easing Sophia in to, to have some more responsibility in the family, um, but that, you know, you expressing that um, no matter how much there is or isn't, just as a firstborn, yeah, feeling kind of this, this responsibility, which we even want to take I, off of her many times. Even. And even when I know I'm not responsible for it, <laughs> I still feel like I'm responsible. Yes, yes. Um, so this is an ongoing thing that we're talking yes. about in the family, for sure. Yeah. There would be some slight caution I'd have okay. with this one. Um, the first book is great. Um, the other ones in the series, they, um, I still really enjoyed them. Just there was some dating elements to it, um, dating at younger ages than we would Mm-hmm. suggest like mm-hmm. 14 and so some of that was um they don't really go into depth about it at all mm-hmm. but it it is there so mm-hmm. just as a caution if you don't mm-hmm. want your 10 year old reading about that yeah does it seem to be more pronounced or more of a theme as you go on in the series yes as, as you the girls are getting from... older okay so that's yeah. becoming more yeah. of a theme yeah so just as a heads up yeah about mm-hmm. that one and then another um, author in particular that we've yes. come to really enjoy, and this is more of a modern author mm-hmm. who's been writing in, in the 2000s, and his name is Andrew Clements, and you have a few books about from him that you'd like to share about. I mean, about. I would recommend all of them, but <laughs> um, as far as some of my, my top three um, would be The School Story, The Report Card, and Frindle. So these books are each about um, a setting at a public school, and they're books empowering kids that they can make a difference, even though they're kids. Mm-hmm. And so the school story is one about a girl who writes a book and ends up getting it um, published in a real publishing company. Mm-hmm. So that um, being really inspiring. Mm-hmm. And then another one called The Report Card, which was about this girl didn't like all the stress and emphasis parents and teachers put on grades and so she tried um and did end up making a difference in the way that the teachers viewed grading um and tests another one frindle about a boy who just decides he doesn't want to call a pen a pen anymore and decides he wants to call it a frindle and in the end of the book frindle becomes a word in the dictionary and just kind of about him being able to make a difference. They had news reporter schools all over the place started doing this. These are just really inspiring for kids. Um, I also read another one called The Laundry News about a girl who started a newspaper. And then I wanted to start a school newspaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, the one about the girl writing a book, that's what inspired me to write my novel that um, Mom mentioned at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I've yeah. noticed Sophia and her siblings... Uh, taking on new projects, um, just being really inspired by kids 
um, having a sense of that they can make a change in the world that, um, that through God really calling them to specific things and being prayerful about those things that these books have given inspiration to different areas of their lives. So that, that they've been really great. Like these are great audiobooks too. We they're listen. great family ones. Like mm-hmm. for, I think for the whole age group, nine to 12. Yeah. They're perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Great. Okay. We just have a few more and not a lot of time left. So we'll try to run through some of these um, as quickly as we can. Yeah. So I, in, in this bracket of books, we don't maybe often or come across or have ones that we could recommend in the category of a biography or sorry, autobiography. Yeah. So Sophia has one that she'd like to recommend in, in that category. Yeah. We got this at the library this summer and it's called Small Steps by Peg Kehret. Um, and it was about the year she got polio. It's a completely true story. Um, about her, she caught polio. There's a huge polio epidemic, but she was the only case in her um, town. And so just what that was like. And it really um, gave me a good insight on a person who's paralyzed life. Um, just her difficulty or in chronic pain. Um, and it was just a really powerful story. We read it in two days. We were on a road trip and yeah. we just sat in the car and read. And... It was just so cool to see her journey with this and um, the type of treatment they had, how they didn't have the vaccine back then, and so the type of treatment they did, um, and just seeing other people she met who had polio. Um, She meets this one girl who, after her parents saw her, after her case of polio, um, she'd been paralyzed in a strange position, and so she looked really weird. And her parents called her ugly and completely disowned her. And just Peg's family kind of being that mother and father and sister that abandoned her. And it was just a great story of perseverance that I would definitely recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sophia was reading it and then quickly passed it on to her sister. And then we were with a cousin. And so yeah. everybody was reading this book yes. <laughs> this summer um, on a trip. Mm-hmm. So that was a really great one. Another author that we have seen very frequently um, her books come through our home is Noelle Streetfield, a British author. And she's written several books, but there's one in particular called Ballet Shoes that, that Sophia and her sister have read. Yeah. And they did a movie on it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you really find to be good, a good and truthful theme about this story? So it's about dancers um, and mm-hmm. theater people, which was great because I am a dancer and a theater person. (laughs) Um, But even for people who aren't, it's Mm -hmm. just a great story also of perseverance. Um, It's during um, a time where they don't don't have a lot of money, their family, um, because um, there's a girl living with her great uncle. And then she gets older, and her name is Sylvia. Her great uncle brings back three abandoned babies he's found in different places on his travels and then she ends up raising them but because he's always gone and traveling and he hasn't sent them money in a long time and so they're living off of everything that they've had stored and so her um sylvia is wanting to have these girls be able to support themselves because she's not qualified to do be anything and that has realized she's realized it's become a challenge for her so she wants the girls to be able to support themselves and they end up getting into dance and theater and 
um, it's kind of in hard times, but still finding that joy in activities that they enjoy. And then um, that that journey of finding what they really do like, like realizing, oh, I actually realized I do really like dancing. And then pursuing that um, was just really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, Roald Dahl is a, is a pretty mm-hmm. popular author in our home, and we could talk about many of his books, but yes. what is probably your favorite Roald Dahl book? Matilda. This was a wonderful book. Um, this little girl, Matilda, she has a very difficult family life. Um, her parents treat her, they use the word scab. They say that she's like a scab. They're just mm. waiting so they can pick it off and leave it alone. Um, which is really sad. But yet, she's so resilient. Like, it's not like it doesn't affect her, but she just keeps not letting that, um, burn her out. Um, so it's a a huge story of hope. And then, um, there's some magic in this story. And in every story with magic, you always can find out, okay, what is the, what, um, what is the place magic is taking? What does magic resemble? And on this, it's kind of her place of power, her voice, Mm -hmm. um, her way of uh, feeling like she has something, uh, which which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, so we don't want to give away what no. happens in the end of it. Away. It's a really, really <laughs> neat, a really powerful, hopeful ending, despite what Sophia was talking about, despite hardship. And so we also listened to this um, on audio this past year, and her sister, uh, Nora, is especially a huge yeah. role Dolphin and and has really, really enjoyed Matilda. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we listened to it on Audible. Um, Kate Winslet was the narrator. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's really delightful. And mm-hmm. actually, she's so good at narrating the voices that she's, she's a, really that, good. That, that the sort of evil character. Her parents was, were kind of scary. <laughs> and, you, and, then, and then there's another kind of scary character. So it, I would say, I would give a little bit of caution for the yeah. the audiobook. I think if you were reading this, I would be totally you could read to it to an eight or nine year old. Yeah. But um, there are some, just with Kate Winslet's um, wonderful narr- narration. Makes it come her, alive a lot more. Yeah. So it's just a little, yeah. even I was a little taken aback by the intensity of, yeah. of her voice at, at moments. But She's, she does a wonderful job narrating it. So, um. Another one of my personal favorite series is the Mysterious, the Mysterious Benedict Society series. So there's four books in the series. They're all fantastic. Um, a, a huge, a, a big adventure story um, for kids, probably 10 and 11, even 12. I still enjoy them. Um. <laughs> about, they're just adventure stories about these four kids who have special talents. Um, one of them, he remembers everything he reads the first time he reads it. One girl, she's super athletic and very resourceful. Um, another boy is great at problem solving and pictures. And then the other girl, you have no idea why she's so amazing because she doesn't seem incredible at all until the very end. So I'm not going to spoil that. Um, (laughs) But it's about friendship and sticking together, and um, there's this guy who's trying to control the world, and them um, trying to 
them first realizing what he's doing and recognizing that's not right and then trying to go out and do something about it, which was, it was, it's a thriller. Great. Yeah. And yeah. Sophia flew through these and we passed them <laughs> on to friends and, yeah. um, and to her sister. Um, and there's, okay, there's one, there's a couple more. We have two left. Um, this next one um, is one that Sophia has been really inspired by and has talked a lot, talked about a lot about, and we just put it on our um, historical fiction, our top historical fiction list on the Story Formed website. So, what what is this particular? This is a single standalone book. Number of the Stars by Lois, Lois Lowry. Lois, I think Lowry. Yeah, I think that's how you say your name. Um, it's a super inspiring World War II story. Um, about the trials of that, and about one family helping another Jewish family. And it was just really, really incredible. So it's the other book that inspired me for my book, since my book's also historical fiction. Um, and just about those trials and then the sacrifice that you have to make for others and the risk that you're doing it at. And it's just wonderful, wonderful book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and last but not least, we have one more that's um, a recommendation probably for Sophia's just read it. 12 and um, up, I would yeah. probably say. Okay. Just because it's um, not by intensity, but more for the language. It's the Lord of the Rings series by J.R.R. Tolkien. And um, it, some of the language is just kind of hard to understand. Um, there are a lot of names. I ended up making a name list <laughs> so that I can have my, my reference sheet. But if they can read it, it's definitely worthwhile. talks about um, this idea of power, which is something we as humans are so tempted by. And just um, the main character, Frodo, being placed, um, being in possession of something very, very, very powerful. And then him having to realize um, what kind of a pull that has on him. Like, he really, really wants to use it. He sees how he could gain power. And a lot of people have fought bloody battles over this power. And so him trying to um, not only run away from the people chasing him, trying to get it, but to go move towards... um, what he needs to do with his power that will put it in a good place. And another thing that was really talked about in this book that I really liked was um, them talking about power and saying that a lot of people started out trying to use it for good, but then talked themselves into it. So they were doing it, oh, for the good of everyone, for the good of everyone, and it ended up turning into evil. And so just kind of not even... Um, Gandalf. He doesn't even want anything to do with it. He's afraid that he'll um, he'll start out like everyone else starts out, mm-hmm. and then um, turn evil. Mm-hmm. But it's it's they're in, an incredible series, and um, in multiple other books I've read, I'll be reading and be like, oh, they got that from Lord of the Rings, <laughs> um, which is always many fun. authors have been influenced yes. by Tolkien and Lord of the Rings for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this has been a great challenging series for Sophia to take on this summer from her summer reading and so it's been great to sort of we're just at the start of delving into this I'm sure we'll be reading it over again and our younger kids will be reading it as well so 
Well, Sophia, is that is that the end of your list? Anything yeah, else you I mean, add? I could add a lot more others, <laughs> but it would take a really long time. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah. Any final thoughts? Ones. I think just that there are um, the ways of defining a good book, other than um, then, oh yeah, I can relate to that because that is a huge part of why we like books. Mm -hmm. But also the part you don't really think about as much when you're reading a book is, okay, why did I like this book other than that? What is the message this book is communicating? And Mm -hmm. then kind of think, okay, how did this book influence me? Mm -hmm. So I'd be doing something and I'd be like, where did I, where did I get this from? And Mm -hmm. then I'll realize, oh, this is what it's from. And so as I was making this list, I was wishing that while I was reading, I had thought more about the message mm-hmm. while I was reading. Mm-hmm. So, for it's kind of like what you're saying that even when you're not always consciously thinking about what yeah. they are, that that it really does are, have some. You do have these literary friends that remind yeah. you of things along mm-hmm. your journey, right? That yes. things come across your mind and your heart, like that remind you of the direction you want to go or the direction you don't want to go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you need to see the wrong direction in a book to realize what the right direction is. Um, Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you, dear, for being willing to be on the Storyform podcast today. Well, before we go, just have a couple quick things to talk about. One is, as you've probably heard us say, um, Sally Clarkson has the Cultivating Life with Sally membership, which I spoke about um, in a moment in the beginning, and that is starting September 5th. The introductory price is $9.99 a month, or you can sign up for $99 a year, and there will be all sorts of content on there from Sally and some of the other great women, Kristen Kill from um, our mom heart and Sally Clarkson's ministry. We've got a team of great women who are doing all kinds of things behind the scenes to to get this membership off the ground. And Jamie and I are so privileged to be a part of it as well. Uh, Every month we will have story-formed bonus content. So you will have access to that. And Sally's going to be speaking about things. And there'll be a theme each month, but generally some of the topics will be education and discipleship and parenting and things kind of under that umbrella. So we hope that you will go to the website cultivatinglifewithsally.com and check it out and sign up and please send us a message on our storybook Facebook if you have any questions about that, about that membership. Um, we'd love to connect with you. So if you'd like to check us out on, on our Facebook page or leave us a question or leave us a message or a comment, we would love, love to hear from you. We also have a StoryFormed Instagram account if you'd like to follow what we're doing there and leave us a comment there. And then, of course, our StoryFormed.com website where we have lots of book lists, book reviews, articles on all things related to great children's books, imagination, and beauty in the life of your child. So we hope that you will check us out there. Thanks for listening, and look forward to the next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes and like us on our Storyform Facebook page and follow us at Storyformed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be Storyformed. Storyformed.